0: I am unashamed. What about you? So welcome to Unashamed. And we've got uh, our dear mom, Miss Kay, joining us. Welcome, Mom, to the lair.
1: It's good to be here.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm surrounded by smart people.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You made the long drive. You made the long drive.
0: About a mile away. <laughs> you, were you driven over? Or did you come? Did you drive of yourself? Of
1: course, I was driven over. Oh
0: well, I didn't know oh, that. Do you have a driver,
1: Daniel? She's Steven. got a person.
0: She's oh. got a man. She's got a man that oh, gets yeah. her but, back. The butler. She got a butler.
2: She got a butler.
1: Of course, I did. Where's Zach? I hear him. Oh, there he is.
2: Yeah, look. It's <laughs> there's there's modern, Zach. modern technology. Okay, B- right, right now Zach is in North Carolina. But you're talking to him. It's kind of like the phone with pictures. That's
0: right. But he's here. He's here with us, Mom.
1: I know. I hear him
2: with have, no delay. No, no, no delay. He actually goes. You know there. that our our Uncle Sy, si, who you know, he he would always have a, a trouble trouble with that on the phone and in video because if someone was miles away, he would try to talk louder, thinking right. that since they're so much <laughs> further away that he needs to raise his voice because he'd do that on the phone. I was like, why are you hollering? He's like, we are halfway up there to town. I was
3: like...
2: (laughs) Uh, Surprise. That's a true story. I'm not embellishing that. I mean, hey. Hey. I mean, hey. (laughs) So Mom,
0: uh, Maddie decided to put Mom in my chair for some reason. So, Mom,
2: does it it, it make you feel smart and smart-alecky over there? Yeah. Look, do you know that there's been more Uh, disgruntled church members over visitors sitting in their (laughs) pews. I lost my pew to mom. Than anything else. So, Al, we don't want to become traditional. You're right. I better not gripe about the visitor
0: being in my seat because that's what people do.
2: No, that's what they do. Oh, you're right. They're like, hey,
0: wait, wait, you're in my seat. I remember having a visitor day one time at WFR, and I was so angry because – this little lady that i love like just told
2: this group of a whole family visiting is hey 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 yeah. no I've been on the that, other that, side. That the, ain't going to work. I visited a church, and there was, there was a couple of old ladies come up there, and they were looking at me and my little family and this scary man <laughs> who was sitting in their seat. And I was like, giving oh, me the stink eye. Are, are these your seats? Mm-hmm. And they said, yes. I said, well, let us get up and move. We're visiting. <laughs> we're looking for Jesus, but we're going to give you these I, seats. I was trying to sarcastically convict them, but guess what? Nothing. No,
1: didn't no. They didn't get it, the joke, did Crickets. they?
2: Well, they said one word, Kay. Move. And mom's just the opposite.
0: So, Mom, I watch you uh, when I'm there on Sundays. You go get people and bring them down to sit next to you. I see you do that all the time.
1: I do it. I sure do.
0: I come down there and sit in Miss
2: Kay's section. Yeah. She, he does. And then do you get the K commentary during the whole sermon? Oh, yeah. It's terrible because <laughs> you can't whisper anymore. <laughs> Something about when you get older You just, you don't know how to whisper. Because you can't hear. You're like, I don't know why he keeps preaching it that we've been due to get out of here 10 minutes ago.
1: (laughs) Well, Was that true?
2: It was true. I didn't disagree. Well, Zach, I was laughing
0: at mom. We were at the the movie premiere because she was sitting in front of me, kind of down and in front of me. And every once in a while I'd hear something would be, something very, like one, one scene I remember in particular is, the the mom and dad in the movie are in in bed and mom is reading a, a Life magazine, and I hear yep. mom say down in front of me, "I would have never read a Life magazine." <laughs> <laughs>
4: Hey, we tried to get as accurate as we could. Oh, you know, yeah. I just thought it was funny.
0: It was like mom's giving yeah. commentary yeah, on man. just the most inane things in the movie. Like, yeah. I would never read Life Magazine. Who, yeah. How dare they put that in the movie?
1: I didn't even know they still made Life Magazine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, they do.
3: You could
1: I have. read Reader's Digest. Zach. Oh, Wait, well, call
2: the movie Wrong the, Magazine. Uh, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I wish you'd have told me this about two years ago, okay? That's why y'all had her on, so she can correct the things. Did were, Was there anything else they just got dead wrong? Oh, boy.
1: No, I loved it.
0: Okay. Yeah, so I want, so we hadn't had you on to talk about uh, the movie itself. Now it's released. America is seeing your life story. So what, what was your take on just watching it, and what did you think about
1: it? I cried, remember? Yeah? Yeah, I did. I thought it was great, but it was just— it just made me happy and it made me sad. It just made me everything, you know. What well, were the? So
0: do you remember anything so in real. particular that just really got to you? Was it? I mean, what any scenes that? Kind well, of,
1: the bathroom scene was, you know, that was always going to be a, a main scene in it. But I mean, I thought that I thought that character acted so like me. Yeah, I did Looked like me and everything.
0: Well, we have the the blind movie podcast, and on there I said that. I thought that this the the third actress, the older one that played yeah. you, was she captured your optimism, your she optimistic did. spirit. She did so well, like in the movie, the it just most came like across. me yeah, ever. It was, and I thought the second actress, the teenage actress, looked the most like yeah. you because she had your smile and mm-hmm. you know I thought she kind of didn't you think so as that she kind of favored you the most, but. Yeah. She did, yeah. It was pretty powerful.
1: She had dimples, I think, too, just like me.
0: She did. It reminded me of Scylla. you know.
1: Yeah, kind of, it
3: looked like. Well, Scylla.
1: and somebody's already told me they thought Scylla and I had ways a lot and looked alike at times, but which that's a great compliment for me.
0: Yeah. That's Jeps, one of his middle kids. So, uh-huh. uh, last night you were at the, uh, you went and saw Gus play football. <laughs> so tell us about that. That was pretty fun. So Gus is is Jep and Jessica's youngest that they adopted, and he's a giant kid for his age. He's like eight, he's but he's two like
1: heads he- taller than everybody on the football field. But then he he we see him just come in, come off, off in, and Jess said that he kept saying. Coach, I'm tired tonight. I'm just tired. So, you know, if you want to play somebody else, it's okay. Well, Jessica, of course, said, tired? You're a kid. You're not tired. You haven't done anything to make you tired. Why are you doing this? But he's a kid, and that's just what he wanted to do. But he was hilarious. But I think he was looking more forward to the pizza party after (laughs) than the ball game.
0: Gus likes to eat. How oh, did How'd he? he do? He's did eight. he dominate? Was he mm. dominant on the field when he was
2: playing?
1: He was. Well, he was ahead of everybody. He was taller than everybody.
2: When you're bigger than, faster than everyone on the field, you usually dominate. But his his personality because no. he comes to my house all the time because he and Sage
0: are pals, and so they play. But he's very humble, kid. Yeah, he, he like oh, he is. he's not the kind to be like you know, at least not yet. Like. I know I'm going to dominate. He
1: doesn't yeah. even like to hurt people. He tells no, he them, doesn't. He tells him he's sorry.
0: Yeah.
1: He, yeah. When he hurts him.
0: Right. Yeah. But he's
1: so big, he can't help but hurt him. Right. You know, they're not supposed to be running into each other, but they do.
0: Yeah. So uh, it's kind of like Sage, mom. Sage is really good at jujitsu. Yeah. She's, you know, she's only eight and, um, Uh, Or maybe nine.
1: Yeah, I saw her hurt somebody in my house.
0: Well, she's she's put out people before. She can literally choke you out. Yeah, she's done it at my house. I heard heard she's choked out grown men before. Well, she choked out Carla's boyfriend. Yeah, at mom's house, he
1: passed out on the couch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you you don't want her to get.
1: Bill said this may be a little dangerous for this. (laughs) But look, what's
0: so bad is so in jujitsu here hasn't like there's not a ton of people that do it. So she does these competitions from time to time. But most of the time she competes, it's the same little girl (laughs) that she competes with every time. And now there's three or four more. But And she dominates so much. And this poor little girl cries every time she loses. And so Sage gets to feeling bad about it. So she's never admitted it, but she let her win because, you know, Sage got us all the gold medals. But she just felt bad for her, and yeah. so she just dropped her guard and let this girl beat her. I know that's what happened. She, yeah,
1: I do too. And her,
0: she her, she won't admit it because she's afraid her dad get on to get onto her for letting her win. But it's just because she felt yeah. sorry for her. The little girl cries every time she loses. But she's well, really I hope good. She,
4: I hope the I hope the little girl doesn't listen to this podcast. So yeah, yeah I know, I know. The, <laughs> i probably just, just shattered her, her
0: dream. dream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I doubt she does, Zach. I'm not sure our demographic is nine year old girls, but. You're probably right. Anyway,
4: so any any other instructions on the movies, Zach? Because we're out and running now. We got yeah, we're out and running now. So I mean, it's um, it's in theaters, and you know, we've said go out there and see it before we get swifted out um, before Taylor comes. You know, but uh, but yeah, I think it's going really well and getting incredible feedback from people. Everybody's seen it's been like, man, this is is so powerful. And um, yeah, I'd love to share it on social media. Your experience with it as well. Yeah, so, rate it. Uh,
0: what was it? Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, yeah,
4: Rotten Tomatoes. Um, we talked about
0: that. <laughs>
2: we learned what that yeah, was. We learned what that was. But now the marketing's um, over. So now it's what reflection. That's all reflection. It's
4: reflection. We're still dripping some marketing in there. We'll market pr- to the you know for a little bit longer. So we're still doing stuff. It's uh, got about two more weeks, and it sounds able to like again.
2: something a marketer would say. Marketing <laughs> is oh, never yeah. over. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because you know you think like it's, it's hard. You think that like when you post something on social media, like that doesn't go to everybody in your sphere and and particularly, I'm mean, just being honest with you. Like we, we get throttled. Our content gets throttled a lot. Even getting this movie out was difficult. You know, we, we, um, we had two different, I had two verbal offers from big studios, saw the film, loved it. Said, man, we're going to, we're going to come back with, with an offer. And then they both came back and said, yeah, actually we can't, uh, really because of kind of just the persona of our family and I think more the Christian route of it. So it's hard to get this stuff out there in general and it's hard to market this, but man, our like unashamed nation has been awesome. I mean, we could not have done this film without our podcast audience and, um, and unashamed nation on the Facebook page and just all our, our people that follow the family. I mean, that so I mean, that is the success of this. So I want to definitely thank you guys for, any success what we've, we're going to have with this is going to be because of you guys. So thank y'all.
0: So it was them about Zach with the marketing never ending. just says, like Captain Redlegs, remember when he told Granny Hawkins, doing right ain't got no end? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we've I all seen that, that movie. And then she just laughed. She had that kind of sneering laugh.
1: Was that on The Outlaw, Josie Wells? It
0: was. How many times have
2: you seen that movie, Mom? Mm,
1: 39. <laughs>
2: Have you ever? That's seen, very specific. The well, last podcast we talked about Valdez is coming. Have Ooh, you ever seen, you ever that, seen that one?
1: I've seen them all.
2: Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> have you ever seen an episode of Gunsmoke?
1: <laughs> all of them, <laughs> all twenty-five years worth,
0: and then some, right? <laughs>
1: and then some.
0: Dad references Matt Dillon. What was interesting was that he was talking about Matt Dillon for about six months. And Maddie and Alex and all those the people that work here thought he was talking about the actor Matt Dillon because <laughs> they don't know anything about guns. So I
1: know I well, can't I don't believe know it.
0: anything about the actor Matt Dillon. <laughs>
1: I don't either. I <laughs> of see. There's name. the
0: generation gap, but yeah. find the people behind the camera versus us versus us.
1: I Look, like, I grew up as a little girl. Every day I came home to watch Matt Dillon. I did. Yeah watched him at Nanny's house, watched him ever. Yeah. I watched him. I loved
0: him, too. He was my hero growing up, he and John Wayne, so I was the same way. Yeah. That's who I watched as a kid. Let's take a break. <music> I remember it, Dad, when we uh, first started Duck Commander. Really, it was um, just you being able to hear birds and figure out how to make calls that sounded like the birds. I mean, that was pretty much the base. Sounds
3: basic. simple enough, but. There's more to it than meets you up. <laughs> it does.
0: And it took us a while. There to...
3: goes a teal. I hear him. There goes a pintail. There goes a mallard.
0: How can we sound like him, right? So we started our business basically by being in the field because we like to hunt. And our friends over at Barrel Buddy uh, did the same thing. They, they told Zach and I, and we called them. The first time about just sitting out in a muddy field in Michigan and realizing they needed a better way to clean their, their barrels of their gun. And so they came up uh, with these polymers in this process uh, that they use. They fit uh, all shotgun gauges. They fit rifles, pistols, everything you have. Uh, not only provides, of course, safety, but efficiency for your gun. Um, it's a great concept. And uh, and we love these guys. They're Christians. They have a really solid company. So we want you to check them out. Uh, it's that season where we're getting ready for hunting barrel buddy B A R R E L buddy.com. Check them out. So mom, we're in Luke 13 and, um, it's where we're studying. Did you get all studied up on? Yeah, did you get the day? notes? Nobody
1: and... gave me the scripture. Nobody gave me anything. <laughs> no prep for me.
0: That's what. Because you're best when you're just winging it.
1: I am. Well,
2: really, we're at two sections where I think you can have some insight. I do too. That's what I was thinking. Because too. in Luke thirteen ten through seventeen, Al read this last time. Yeah, right at the end of the podcast. There, yeah. there was a Sabbath, and, and Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman who was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. And when Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. So you'd think, well, what a great story. And then the next sentence says, Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue ruler said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered, you hypocrites. You never want to be called a hypocrite by the Lord. Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bounder? When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. So, because uh, I thought about you, you're really good at when we get together in groups of people of just having a heart of compassion. Like, I know you got it from Jesus, through the Spirit of God. You, you tend to treat everyone with the same compassion. You know, it's one of your gifts. I do. So... Yeah.
1: Again, I got a lot of that, too, from the way I was raised with my grandma. Yeah. I mean, I saw that with her. That everyone's important. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't look down on anybody. Yeah. And God loves everybody the same. Because, see, I worried about it because we were the richest people in town, but we did not act like it, especially my grandma. She was so humble and everything. She would never consider herself rich. And she was, but she wouldn't say it or act like it.
0: Yeah, I thought that was an interesting scene in the movie, too. That they kind of touched on that just a little bit, the kind of the differences in your family and dad's family yeah. and kind of that strain of, you know, the family across the track sort of, you know, scenario, which was interesting. So they kind of dealt with that. You know, and then you wind up becoming in the Robertson family because your dad dies and then your mom is kind of out of the picture. So, which is kind of then I think you brought that with you, right? That compassion and kind of the way you've always been.
2: And And you pass that down to us. That is, you know, a godly principle that you were raised with that was passed down to us that everybody is valuable. You know, so, yeah, it is. Kind of horrifying to see this in a religious setting, where, I mean, what a statement! Heal people at other days, but not the Sabbath. When here is the Lord of the Sabbath, which which Luke recorded in Luke six, and you know when we talk about him fulfilling the Sabbath, Hebrews chapter at the end of chapter three and and four kind of explains. <laughs> Well, I was just going. I was going to read this from Hebrews four. So it says, "Therefore, since the promise of entering His rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them." And he had just compared, you know, when when God liberated, uh, you know, Israel and was giving them rest from bondage, how that compared to what Jesus fulfilled. And so, it goes on to say, like in verse four of Hebrews four, for somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words, and on the seventh day God rested from all his work, which was what the synagogue ruler was trying to make the point. Yeah. You know, he, was, he was using the very argument of creation not realizing that Jesus was a part of creation. Yeah. You know, John 1 mm-hmm. 2, nothing that's been created was created without him. And the point being, again, Jesus never quit working. <laughs> exactly.
0: He's been sustaining ever since.
2: So he goes on to say in verse six, there still remains that some will enter that rest, and those who formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in because of their, their disobedience. Therefore, God again said a certain day, calling it today when he spoke through the prophet David, and it said, uh, when he spoke through David, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So then 8 through 11, I really think, explains how Jesus fulfilled the Sabbath for us, which it says, for if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from it from his. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. And, I mean, the point being, you know, every time God created a day, he would say, it's good. You remember that? He, the next day, he would say, oh, it's good, it's good. Then he created the humans and said, it's very good. So there's where it wasn't like God. God doesn't get tired. He he was satisfied. Sound like he had to have that day just to
0: be. Whoo, this creation yeah. of the universe has got me tuckered out.
2: Yeah, there was a satisfaction that happened, and then the fall of man happened, yep. and they were separated from not only God but from the tree of life. And then it it you know God comes up. He chooses a nation. He, he starts his scheme of redemption. He gives them these laws, which there were moral laws. When you read the Ten Commandments and all the things went along with it, but there were also kind of ceremonial laws like the Sabbath. You know, if you, if you work seven days a week, and you're not going to live long. That's I mean, right. there, there's a time of rest. Well, now, come full circle, Jesus comes to fulfill all this and bring this kind of rest from, from your work. The rest that we have in Jesus, where we don't have to go chase all the worldly passions and desires. And, I mean, we're, we rest in Jesus. He, he cares for us. And it makes all these passages that we just read come to light. If God's feeding the ravens and he's, he's bringing beauty to the flowers of the field, is he not going to take care of us? We, we have a rest in there, a rest from our own work that we're never going to be good enough to earn God's salvation or So that's kind of the the principle that the synagogue ruler was a million miles away from because he didn't realize that how you keep the Sabbath with all the laws they've now amended to it, it, it's produced something that's contrary to the very nature of God. You now do not have compassion for a woman who's suffering you can't experience joy in that. You're going to see the same principle in Luke 15 where the older brother was not happy that his younger brother had come back to the family. That's right. Same concept. He doesn't want
0: to celebrate, and instead he's humiliated, which was the word that's used here in the context for them. Let's take another break. So a fall is upon us. Um, anytime there's a new season, uh, our friends at Bespoke Post uh, sends us a box of awesome And, uh, it's, uh, basically filled with carefully chosen gear from the best small brands around the world. And, um, Zach, I think you got one, uh, recently. What, what'd you get from, uh. Bespoke post in your box. Are you awesome. not
4: getting? Are you not? Are you not getting? No. Anything,
0: somehow that my box apparently has been rerouted to North Carolina. <laughs> so I, I've been wondering how uh, that happened. But someone I, may or may not have intercepted the
4: <laughs> package. I think someone uh, higher up the chain. Well, what did you get that I would have gotten? Well, I'm looking. on my, I got a, a, a something else at the house, but th- this is what's on my desk. I got this incredible pin right here. It's like a gold. It's not real gold, but it's a heavy set pin, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, it came with like a whole set and a fire starter. Uh, But they got some awesome stuff on the website too. They got like the awesome knives and all kinds of stuff. So what uh, you do
0: is you go to that website that Zach mentioned, boxofawesome.com is where you go. And um, they're going to have a little quiz for you. You get to let them know what you like, uh, or in this case, what Zach likes that I would have liked. You get a new box every month. It's got a lot of different categories. The boxes are valued at about 70 bucks, but you only pay a fraction of that. Uh, With each Box of Awesome, you're also supporting small businesses, which we love. 90% of everything that comes in your Box of Awesome is from small and upcoming brands. It's free to sign up. You can skip a month. You can cancel anytime. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com. Enter the code PHIL at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com. Use the code PHIL for 20% off your first box. No, and you're right, Jess. In another context, Jesus says that uh, man was not made for Sabbath, but Sabbath was made for man. To your point, Mm -hmm. it was made as a principle for us to have rest and to what we need. But this guy missed the point and thought that the Sabbath was made for then us to keep rules about the Sabbath. And Jesus says, no, you you got it completely backwards. Mm -hmm. I'm the one that made the Sabbath, is his point. But they just kept, you know, and, and Jay, as you mentioned, it comes up again in 14, it's going to come up again later, that they just keep trying to set this Sabbath trap because yeah. that's what they were banking on. I, I don't know why they were so fixated on it, and he continues to do these things. It,
3: it all took place by law. Yeah. They had law. That's right. The rules. Yeah. The law has to be there. That's right. That's the very thing that ties us all up.
0: Yeah. And people find security in that, and they did, certainly. Uh, I've told this story before, but there was a sister one time, there was something going on, and she was unsure about it, and she was coming to me as a church leader, and I said, well, you know, this just, you know, I, I was basically saying, we're free to do this, that, or the other. And I remember her looking at me, and she said, yeah, but I'd rather you just tell me it's wrong. Well, all right. <laughs> So, well, what dude, you, so what, what you what you were saying was I need some comfort. I need I've been the asked law.
2: a thousand <laughs> times. Are we under the 10 commandments? I'm <laughs> like, technically no. I mean, Jesus fulfilled <laughs> right. those. I said, but those principles are good are, are going to apply. I said, yeah. e- even in the Sabbath or even like, you know, something that's ceremonial, or like the Lord's Supper, which is a ceremony that we do and how many arguments are there even today about how we're gonna go about doing this ceremony. It's like you're taking a ceremonial law which is supposed to point us to Jesus and then make rules about it and exclude people because now you've, you've tied a moral issue to something that was supposed to signify something else. I mean, even today, our, 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 prob- our biggest problem when it comes to work and rest is we as individuals, humans, Try to work our way to heaven. Yeah. Which is really, you know, not what he's talking about here, but that's what we do. Or we're working so hard in a worldly way that we find no rest. It all begins
3: to take the place of faith. Exactly. That's when you get in a bind.
2: I mean, because it's a good principle to have rest. You know, you can get so caught up in work just providing for your family, which is a, a great. I mean, Jesus, I mean uh, Paul told Timothy, if you don't provide for your immediate family, you're worse than an unbeliever. So we're supposed to work. Yeah. But there's a principle there where if you're working to make money or however you wanna describe that, where, but you're alienating your family, your your relationships are only work-related, well, what kind of life are you gonna have? I and mean, there is a, a spiritual principle. They fix it there. so
3: that there will be no faith. They're, they're, yeah they're rude. Do you know what rude. I tell my rude. girls?
1: You'll know my disciples, he said, by their love for one another.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And, mm-hmm. and you know, people say, well, I do this, I do that. I mean, like, who do, do you love those people? And they'll say, what? <laughs> well, you know, I don't know them. Well, you still love them. And then you can get to know them. And especially, they'll want to know if they—if you come in and just show, "I love you," I want to go to heaven with you. Right.
0: I think though, it it comes down to a lot of times with people, to Dad's point, it's an assurance issue and a and a trust issue because okay. ultimately, if I leave it subjective, like I just I'm doing this because I love the Lord and I want to follow Him, instead of. Because I'm told this, because I want to know exactly what I have I mean. a rule right for my whole how life. How far is that line? I want to know what that line is, because I want to go right up to are it. You said there are
1: no rules. Remember when you said that?
3: There are no rules, but <laughs> the only rule we have is there no are rules. no rules. That's right. I
2: mean, if you, if you wanted to just make me give you one, I would say uh, Galatians. Since you, if you want one rule to go by i'm gonna give you one according to paul and galatians it says galatians 6 14 may i never boast except in the cross of our lord jesus christ through which the world has been crucified to me there's your rest and i to the world more rest Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, which is another ceremonial law that they tried to apply. Yep. And that's in the whole book of Galatians. What counts is a new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule. So there's your one rule. There's a rule. Never boast in anything other than the cross of Jesus. You see what he did there. Yep, I see what he did it's there. It's almost kind of comical. It is. He, it's. It's. You comical. had
3: it right when you said the only rule we have is that there are no rules. There are no rules
2: except for boasting in Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's it. This is uh, this is how Dallas Willard
4: says it. I pulled this quote up because I, I preached on this a while back. It says that basically you can do whatever you can do whatever you want God's way, and this is how he de- defines this. What does that mean? It means that they will, for the first time, be able to do what they want, meaning us. Of course, they will be able to steal, lie, and murder all they want, which will be none at all. But they will also be able to be truthful and transparent and helpful and sacrificially loving with joy. And they will want to be that. Their lives will be caught up in God's life. They will want the good and be able to do it. It's the only true human freedom. I love that because it's like you know, think about it when you're walking with Jesus. That's, that's it. You get you, you want to do these things. That's why you know that's the. It's not a begrudging submission. And that's what the way they were treating the Sabbath. The Pharisees they would do things like tie a string to their house, and then they would walk around town with. As long as they were touching that string that was touching their house, they were like, "Oh, we're well, we're technically at our house." Or they would take a uh, an item out of their house before sabbath and they would go put it in the center of town and te- and then that, that way they could say well, well technically a piece of my ho- home is in the middle of town and the whole thing was it was a begrudging submission they thought that the 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 rule the, the sabbath was a rule and so they were trying to get around it and they didn't understand that the sabbath was meant for them it was a blessing for them to rest and to
2: be present and to
4: they not were missing, busy your life away yeah
3: yeah they were missing missing
2: I think it's point. confusing when so when you get to the new testament Jesus dies buried raised I mean he's introducing the kingdom now and so one of the things he's keeps dealing with is the sabbath cuz they're trying mm-hmm. to hold the letter of the law and he's like I'm trying to show you what that was intended to do and now I'm fulfilling it in me you want some rest you come to me you remember when he said come to me who are, all who are burdened and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Yeah. So, but when you fast forward post-resurrection, post-spirit being poured out, when Paul was explaining this in Ephesians two, because if you read verse uh, verse 10 of chapter two before reading what's above it, it says, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Which seems to fly in the face uh, if you're following the Ten Commandments today, and you know you're like the Sabbath, and you're like, well, he's saying we're, we're supposed to be working here. So, so what does it mean? But he explains it in in the previous chapter when he, I mean, the previous verses when he says, "You were dead in your transgressions and sin, which you used to live, and you followed the the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air." Which you go back to what the story we're reading. He had bound her over without her consent Yeah. in, in this case. He said, I I released her from this bondage, but still the spiritual, you know, we chose to follow our own sinful desires from Paul's perspective here. And then in verse three, it says, we all lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of the sinful nature. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. And then verse four, but because of his great love, God who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. I mean, there's your grace. There's the offer of rest, you know, from chasing your selfish desires. In verse 6, God raised us up, seated us with him in the heavenly realms in order that he in the coming ages might show the riches of his grace expressed in kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. That's why the one rule I gave you was we only boast. His
3: healing, uh, the the people of that day, they were glorifying the evil one. Yeah, they they were they were cutting him some slack on this deal. Well, yeah, Satan is the one that bent her over, and she's carrying. Yeah, in essence, the synagogue ruler
2: was defending Jesus. The work of the evil, and they were saying.
3: No, you're, 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 you're,
0: they were for him. Right. No, you're right. And and keep in her it,
3: like she is. I mean, what Satan's done to her and just let it go.
0: And they were doing it inadvertently, which to Jason's point earlier, that's what self-righteous people do. Let's take another break. It's obvious that uh, we have a family that uh, not only loves each other, but loves the Lord as the main thing. And that didn't happen by accident. Um, you know, obviously we learned a lot growing up. Um, learned a lot from the Bible. Uh, Mom was always committed to reading and finding books for us, which I thought was really neat. And I still have a love for that. Uh, even to this day, I read a lot. And um, one of our sponsors, Brave Books, uh, is basically ha- has that same concept in mind to write great books uh, that you can read to your kids and, and make a difference in their life. And Jace, you know one of the authors. Yes, I know her quite well. You know her quite well. Uh, this is Missy's book, uh, Because You're My Family, and we had our own to talk about it, which was pretty awesome. Yep, I've read it many times. Uh, and a lot of other great writers as well. Um, these are books designed to bring your whole family together. So when you join Bray's Book Club, uh, you get a new book delivered every month that teaches a faith-based value, such as the sanctity of life, discernment, perseverance, uh, these books come with corresponding family activities and lessons that your family can use as a theme throughout your home, all month long. So we love the idea, uh, love the concept, and uh, really encourage you to do this, especially if you've got those young kids. Um, Missy wrote hers, uh, which really teaches the importance of family, which is exactly what we're talking about here. So,
2: and the lion character looks like me. When you thumb through it, you'll see ducks in the. And this one kind of
0: looks like Missy. The the. Yeah. Female line. Yeah. So let Brave Books help you because they've got it figured out. Go to bravebooks.com right now. Use the code Unashamed for 20% off your Brave Books family subscription. That's bravebooks.com. Use the code Unashamed for 20% off your subscription.
2: Yeah. So my point was, though, he was trying to say how you follow the Sabbath is going to bring glory from God. If you get this all right, and you're reading Ephesians 2, which is the exact opposite, saying this is a gift from God. He he sent Jesus to die. You're you're not gonna keep a standard of rules, even though I gave them to you to show you how a productive nation should operate. Those were principles, the Ten Commandments were principles to make a great nation, but they couldn't keep them. And not only that, they then started dissecting them and making it all about how you kept them. And bringing on more. Yeah, and bringing on hundreds more. Yeah. And so then you get to the end, which is so ironic, and he's like, because the Sabbath principle is a good principle. We we are to take time and catch your breath, even if you were in ministry. The target was the evil one. Yeah, and so then it gets to the end. It's like it's a gift of God. It, it's It's not from yourselves, but we are God's workmanship created to do good work. It's a grace-motivated work that we do because he did all the work, he saved us. Well, that makes us wanna be used and, and humble. The difference is we can take a deep breath and realize that it's not my performance or it's not my power,
3: or this is how he chose. Never a bad mouth somebody who's been healed. Well, exactly.
0: Yeah, that's why you don't want to be in the humiliating crowd. You know, one of the things I find fascinating is it's almost like a coin with two sides. One, we're dealing with the self-righteous in this context, but you could make the same point for the selfish. I mean, this woman was bound by Satan in this physical condition for 18 years. We've been talking about the movie, The Blind. Dad, you were bound Twenty-eight years. Twenty-eight years. By not by a physical malady, but a spiritual one. Mm -hmm. But you were—I remember, Dad, because the line you kept using was, "I'm just looking for my freedom." Mm -hmm. You know, but but every time you turned to worldly things, it made you more in bondage. That's right. I mean, you couldn't find what you were looking for there. So it's kind of ironic. It's the same coin. Satan's using the same thing, just in different ways. Whether you're—Yeah,
1: another point they used back then was, "Who's a man?" remember that oh yeah oh yeah and that was the theme in the movie oh, i said who's an idiot <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was the greek word for "bulls"? idiota won
4: that you know. one
3: baby <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: well you know it's funny when you That's uh, a drop I, the mic I, mom it, it's it's um it, when you think about i've heard this. i've heard this a lot in sermons i've probably even said it and depending on what you mean by it i, I agree with it but um you know, pastors will say don't follow your heart and and the idea is you know you, your heart's corrupted you know the, the Bible says that the heart's deceitful and from the heart Jesus said flows all these types of sins and but the but the, the truth is is that no one can no one can really not follow their heart I mean we do what we do for the simple reason that we want to do it and I think that what's interesting about the Christian walk is it's not uh, we if you grew up in kind of a fundamentalist Christianity, it's like, Oh, your desires are too strong. You need to, you need to tamper that down. You need to you, you get your desires are too strong. And I don't think that's the Christian message is it's not, it's not to get rid of desire. It's not to get rid of your want. This isn't Buddhism. This isn't, you know, divest yourself of any desire, want or love or affection. What the Christian call is and where the true freedom lies is it's it's to properly index your desires towards God. And so C.S. Lewis said it best when he said, it's not that the Lord finds our desires too strong. It's actually the opposite. He finds our desires too weak, that we're half-hearted creatures. And we go about fooling about with drink and sex, which is what Phil did in the movie. He said, because it's like settling for mud pies in a slum because you can't fathom a holiday by the sea. So like in The Blind, for example... Phil's life 27 years it's he's or 28 years he's he's eating mud pies in the slum for the reason that he can't fathom a holiday by the sea it's not the diminish of your desires it's actually the uh, being in Christ you're, you you you're awakened your senses are actually awakened to something better something more real and that's true freedom because it's if it's bondage if you just tell people hey, don't do any of the fun stuff in life so that you can prove your loyalty and allegiance to God. And then if you're good enough at the end of time, he may let you in to eternal life, which is really just eternal existence on your own and autonomous living. That's not the gospel. The gospel is, is that Christ is inviting you into union with him where there is the riches of life. It's the It's the parable of the vineyard. It's the... You know, it's, it's that there is life in Christ and there's life abundantly. This is where life is at on this side of it.
2: Well, I think that's why he moves to the next yeah, two I was, parables. I was thinking the same when, thing. When he says in, in verse 18, and look... These are very small parables, but they are power and, and they're brain teasers. And
0: they're really, it, it harkens back to what David was talking about a minute ago,
2: the difference between faith and law. Th- these two parables really pointed out beautifully. I mean, when you think about being born again and you think about this coming from within, without really you being able to see it, he tells these two parables in verse 18, then Jesus asks, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It's like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air perched in its branches. Again, he asked, what shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough.
0: So you got two pictures here both are something small that then becomes something greater, which really becomes the principle, because that's the difference in faith, that the difference in faith and law is that faith, just a small commitment can grow into something massive. Yep. So it was same with you. And I, and I love it. We we call the movie the blind and obviously it meant the duck blind was part of it. And I love the way it starts in a duck blind, but it's really the idea of a blind person who is trying to find his way? All of a sudden, has the blinders taken off, mm-hmm. and that's what this is talking about. This is talking about the mustard seed of faith and the idea of the yeast, which, Mom, you can speak to with cooking. I mean, if you don't, if if your yeast is no good, right, you get the flat bread; it never works right. out. So it's something yeah, that right. grows it into something
2: bigger. Well, and he actually picked two things. He picked the tiniest seed, but who doesn't like mustard? I mean, let's just be realistic. It, it's it's who like, doesn't like mustard. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. What's a mustard seed? There's, yeah. there's that. Do you not like mustard? Corn dogs in heaven. No, I, I, at least I, I, there's mustard. I'm a big, big mustard fan. <laughs> How could we ever eat a corn dog or a hot dog if we had no I mustard? I have to ah. admit, when I first read this, I thought, yep, I get it. He's taking the greatest things. Because when you gonna another one of his favorite uh, commodities was fish. Yep. And multiple fish fries. Well, we all know as Louisiana people that when you take a crappie, which I'll argue, best, freshwater fish that you can eat, and you give it a mustard bath and then mm. roll it around in flour yep. and fry it in peanut oil, mm. you have one of life's wonders. Yep. It is good. So when I first read that, I thought, yep, got to have mustard. <laughs> And add, flour, right? and, which that's where you get your. And then Louisiana, yeah, you know, we have our own mustard because we weren't happy with the spice amount of the world's mustard. Yeah. And and by the way, I've researched mustard just because I love it. <laughs> you got to have it on. Well. Look, no and,
1: surprise.
2: <laughs> no so, are you surprised these these reasons? You figure this out though. This is about being born again. When I read this, it, it's about the imperishable seed that Peter was talking about. I mean, it's not just a seed. I mean, God plants his gospel, number one, in our, in our heart. And number two, he plants the Holy Spirit. Once you understand, I got to surrender to this. And it's an imperishable seed, but, and I think he's showing two principles here, the power of God, you know, planting the gospel in you and the spirit. But it's also that in both these cases, it takes time. It's like It It's not something you see. I mean, a mustard seed is so small, you would never think it's powerful, but you put it in the ground. And I think really y'all were talking about the movie, you know, it took a while to see the end result. I mean, I remember the first couple of years, you know, of your Christian life, you know, it was bumpy, but we it was a bumpy for all of us. There's, there's a growth process that happens. I've used this illustration. Uh, I heard Keller give numerous times about the acorn, you know, an acre, if you take an acorn and throw it up against concrete, well, it, it has no chance, but you put it in the ground right beside the concrete and give it a few years and it will uproot the concrete. I mean, it becomes a powerful force because the, the point is, just like an acorn tree, just like mustard seeds, God cre- that's his creation. It, it's a growth process. And when you compare it to what's planted in us, talking about the imperishable seed of Jesus via the Holy Spirit, well, now we, we've become a new order of human life that is at the top. Because you think everything has like vegetables. And you can see the result of it. Yeah, you got vegetables and you move up to animals and they're all limited in some form. And you get to humans, you say, okay, they have the ability to discern and to do wise things and good and evil. But then you put the Holy Spirit in a human. Well, now you have a new order of life. And that's what he's yeah. saying What the kingdom is like. It grows into this giant, force of, of based on supernatural power that's his kingdom that he's bringing yeah. that which is the only way you can
4: explain you know phil's life for example in the blind is that the the uh, when when we came up with the title the blind it was to al's point it was that it was a double i think it's called a double entendre that you has know, double meaning yes yeah, duck blind, but really it's about that phil was blind and you know there's that famous hymn right? That we've all saying, everybody knows it. amazing grace, how sweet the sound I once was blind, but now I see, I, I just pulled this up because I wanted to read it because I think this is so powerful. This is John Newton who wrote, who wrote amazing grace. And he also wrote his own epitaph. And um, this is what he said about himself before he died, which is, this is on his gravestone. John Newton clerk, once an infidel and a libertine, a servant of slaves in Africa, was by the rich mercy of our lord and savior jesus christ preserved restored pardoned and appointed to preach the faith he had long labored to destroy i mean that that is it that's that's the apostle paul who was saul of tarsus that is john newton who was a slave trader who wrote one of the probably the most well known hymn in history that was phil robertson who was party in his life away and became a, a, an evangelist for Christ and baptized thousands of people into Jesus that, that 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 is anybody who is in Christ we can all say that about ourselves pre-Christ that we were we were infidels and we we tried to destroy long labor to destroy the faith that we now saves us. Yeah, no, that's
0: good. Um, I, I was going. To, we only got a couple of minutes left, mom, before we go to overtime. But I was going to ask you because I know there's a lot of people listening um, now. Some will have seen the movie, and maybe their husband or their wife they're in this difficult time. Maybe their family's in trouble. I mean, what would you give them advice on? Because you, you hung in there. You had that bathroom moment where you lost hope, but yeah. then God restored that. So, what would you tell folks that are young families out there struggling, maybe the husband or the wife is not where they need to be spiritually, and what would you encourage them
1: with? Well, I would always tell them that they're just going to have to pray and pray and believe that God will work, but it's in his time, not your time. Yeah, good. Because our time wants to be really fast. Yeah. Let's hurry up. And I remember waiting the 10 years on him, and I would think, you know why? Why, Lord? I'm I'm doing everything I know to do, trying to raise y'all and all those things, and it was just like he's not he's not moving, he's stuck. Yeah. But mm. it, it's just you don't give up and you don't quit praying, and you it really will develop your patience. Yeah. And I I would say that, and somebody said, well, how did you have the patience? Because I prayed for it.
0: Yeah, that's great. Which yeah. is your best avenue? It's, it's
2: the power that demolishes strongholds, according to the Bible. Yeah. And it really illustrates, you know, that second parable. That's right. I mean, you got yeast, which I wasn't real familiar what yeast was, but when I looked it up, well, it's a fungus. Yeah. And it's, it only has one cell. I mean, it seems not powerful at all and kind of disgusting. <laughs> Which is a lot. (laughs) Or a germaphobe, it would sound disgusting. Kind of a lot like us. Yeah, exactly. And all of a sudden, you insert, you know, God's power, or you know, you insert it in this case in bread, which Jesus is the bread of life. And all of a sudden, I was watching these videos when you, they would just put the camera on it, and this bread was just sitting seemingly dormant, and it just.
1: Started moving.
2: Yeah, starts moving and it just starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger and you're bigger and you're like, oh, and it's creating, you know, the bubbles in the bread. And I'm like, what a fascinating thought. You'd have to be the creator of the universe right. to come up with illustrations like that that can change your life and, exactly. and give you a picture of the power of what you're involved in. Yeah. From- you
1: know, the, if it keeps, y'all used to see it when I had the homemade rolls and you'd say, it's coming out of the pan. I mean, it's just, it's just growing and popping right out of the pan. That's how yeah. it grows. And
2: I think the, the life that you have personally that happens and what you are going to be to others, which is why he says the birds come up and gather on, on the trees, is true. So when you look at mustard, you shouldn't go by the worldly standards. Mustard's not even yellow. They put that in there and make it yellow. And French is mustard. You know where they make it? Britain. Really? Yeah, I thought, what a lie that is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Look it up. So I'm saying, if you want French
2: is mustard, but it's not from France, it's from England. Made from England. I thought. Well, there you go. That pretty much (laughs) describes the difference in the world and the difference in the Lord, right here. You, your life with the power of God in it is like that little bitty mustard seed that becomes this huge branch, and who doesn't like mustard? That's right. And, uh, and even in the world, they try to make it look better. They don't have to do that. I'll take it with its old brown-looking color. It tastes exactly the same. They just want to make it look pretty, Yeah. which is what we do I actually in, enjoy in the, the
0: world. brown mustard better. All right, we're out of time, and I'm getting hungry. So we will— um... We'll go into overtime, which is blazetv.com slash unashamed is where our overtime content is the dessert. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV
1: at blaze slash unashamed.